0: Today, what I will be sharing. My wife and I were talking yesterday. What I'm sharing today is the link that I did not have when I was practicing what you're practicing. And because I did not have this link, I crashed. Okay, Uh, this is how I ended up losing my house and and some other things that happened because I was practicing things. But I did not have this link because some of the men of God that were teaching this you, they, they, they taught it. And they were teaching it, so it got everybody excited to jump out there and do these great exploits. But they didn't share the other side because a lot of it they were teaching was in theory. And so, so I'm gonna share some things today. And um, like one girl said out of town, she said it's something behind this. It really is. Um, it the, the answers, you know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. How many of y'all were here Wednesday? Okay. How many know some of that stuff that I shared Wednesday? How many know that is me? That is me kicking over a lot of religious caskets, a lot of religious caskets. But it made perfect sense, didn't it? And it made you understand. Mm, mm, mm. Now you know. Now you understand what I mean by when I say the church never has started. See, the problem is God is a master at working at your one percent. Okay. He doesn't need you. He needs you to be at hundred percent. But he is so masterful in what he does, how he does things. He can still uh, he'll squeeze as much as he can out of one percent. And because he's a master at squeezing stuff out of stuff, when he squeezes stuff out of the one percent, you think it's 100. So you don't go higher. Okay. Okay. so I. uh, At first, I started to uh, entitle it. If he said it, if he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. (laughs) That's what I'm probably put on. there. All right. So. So let's. Now, I need you to pay attention um, because this is truly going. Exodus chapter 13. 17 through 18. Um, this is where you are and this is your millionaire status that you want to get to be. What we're going to talk about is the in between. And then I'm going to answer two questions about tithing. And why doesn't seem why doesn't it seem like it's working? It won't be a lesson on time, then it'll be why stuff is not working. And then there'll be a third one, which is um, about natural principles versus supernatural principles. Y'all ready? Yes, yes. Pay attention. Exodus thirteen seventeen through eighteen. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, you know the children of Israel were in captivity for four hundred years. It was actually four hundred and thirty. God said it was going to be 400, but they ended up staying longer than they were supposed to stay past the expiration date. (laughs) 430. And so so when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle. They might change their minds and return back to the world. Egypt always represents the world, by the way, in Scripture. Every time you see Egypt, it represents the worldly system. So God led them in a roundabout way. King James says that he led them the long route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Now, they left Egypt like an army ready ready for battle, The Bible says, I took the scripture out to try to save time, but the Bible says when they left Egypt, they left rich. It said they left with a bunch of silver and gold and they left with all the Egyptians' finest clothes. And it says that they were wearing them in the wilderness. It says one time Moses had an offering in the wilderness and the Lord said, anybody who was willing to give to this effort, let them give. And it, the people had so much gold that as they gave to this huge effort, Moses told the leaders, go back and tell the people to stop giving. We got too much. How many want that to be your testimony, amen, amen. Lord, I need you to back off. I need you to back off Jesus. I ain't got nowhere to put it, Lord. He wants you to be able to say that prayer, folk okay so but so there's something very, very important because at this point, what people do is is that they start realizing what they're supposed to have, they start realizing where they're supposed to be. They start realizing I'm way behind. They start realizing that some of these preachers then hook with me and and bamboozled me and put a sheet over my head. And and you know what I'm saying? Jesus said that you guys won't go in the kingdom and you won't let the other people go in. And so so people are realizing this. So now guess what people are doing? Now people are setting goals and they are and they are, are getting ready to do some stuff and folk get getting. Y- y'all know what I'm saying. OK, so so but before you get disappointed, you have to be very, very careful. Because God wants you to have it and he will do it. The problem is, is that he may take you the roundabout way. Because what you're asking for is he doesn't have a problem with you you having it. He has a problem with what will show up when you get it that might destroy you. So my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. So I'm going to give an example. So so there are some people that will put down an expensive house. OK, it might be a seven hundred thousand dollar home. This is I got my face set for it. OK, let me tell you something. with finances don't set dates. That'll be a huge disappointment to you. If you set a date and it doesn't happen on that date, then you will think God left you when actually your date is not his date. Don't set dates when it comes to finances. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this house by August 15th. You setting yourself off a of failure. Okay, you let the Lord bring it at the proper time, because when he brings it, he brings it in such a way, y'all, where you got fullness of joy. Remember what the Lord said? He said, I'm the one who makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it. There's a way to get rich, but it ends up with sorrow. Okay, so you exercise faith for a house. Right. Seven hundred thousand dollars. Hallelujah. And even though you get it debt free, the question is, can you maintain the taxes on it? That might be forty thousand dollars a year. See, so the Lord sees you with this big ticket, but what he sees is you don't understand what it costs to maintain that big ticket. And so so you get the house, but 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 because you're not in a position to maintain the blessing, then what happens is you then go back to the debt system trying to maintain something that's too big for you. Y'all follow me so far? Okay. so that's why I said that now the promised land was theirs. It was flowing with milk and honey. The Bible makes it clear this place had silver, gold. It was. Let me say this. The promised land and our modern day wording would be billionaire status, literally. But but notice it was one thing about the promised land. It was giants there. They had to be kicked out. And so whatever it is that God has for you, whatever it is you're trying to get, you're going to have to go and you have to run through some giants. And so and so the Lord knows that that there were things concerning the promised land that uh, on the route getting there. Notice what he said. It says that he couldn't take them the short route, even though that was his desire. His desire is to get it to you yesterday. But he knows that the short route brings the hardest enemies. And if he takes you the short route and gives you what you want really, really fast, he knows you ain't going to be able to handle it. It's the taxes on a house. It's the maintenance on a house. It's the when you got a big house. OK, your bill, your electric bill might go from thirty dollars to three hundred. OK, um, you know, if you got a big house, guess what you got? You got a big lawn. See, and and so. You don't need to be moving into them expensive. I can stand people that don't take care of the grass. You don't need to be moving into no big house and, and not because you can't afford to K. You got this big old beautiful house, but your grass is raggedy. Right. And the grass is raggedy because you can't afford to take care of the grass. Right. And there are some situations the Lord will actually let you get in there and let these things happen to show you, be careful what you ask for. You need to be in a position. Okay? So... You know, all of the different type of things that are in the house. I mean, watch this. When you move into these bigger houses, guess what? Some of them got association fees. Okay. Depending on what neighborhood you live in, some of them, in order to get in a neighborhood, you got to go through a gate. Right. And that cost. And so by the time you add the taxes, all of the bills, the electric, the gas, I mean, the cleaning of the house, the grass, the association fee, all of that type of stuff, that might end up being double the amount of your salary you make in a month. You understand? So 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 now you have to scale back and say, so the Lord might say, "Okay, you want this and this is the status. So as a result of that, we're going to have to give you some step by step direction to put yourself in a position to maintain the thing that we want to give you. So it might require for you to learn how to invest in the stock market. It might require for you to go back to school and get a degree. It might require you to start a business. Okay, something that can maintain. You know, like you know, people want people want these expensive cars. I told you about my friend Lucy Let me drive his Ferrari. I took it in for oil change, to the Ferrari dealership. That'll be three thousand dollars. What? Three thousand? Can buy another used car for three thousand dollars. This ain't the typical car, son. Three thousand dollars for an oil change on the Ferrari. Some of y'all want a Rolls Royce but you can't afford the oil change. <laughs> I'm, I'm only showing you, see, I'm only showing you that when you exercise for stuff, the reason, these are the re- see, I, I wasn't taught this. Uh, the reason it hasn't come is not because God don't want you to have it. God wants you to have it yesterday, but you got to be in a position to maintain what he wants you to have. Okay. Otherwise, you become an embarrassment to yourself in the community. Okay, now, that's how much it costs to get the oil change on a Ferrari. What's the insurance? So you want to be a big baller, you know, drama queen, get out with you and all that type of stuff. And no, no. Mm-mm. Okay. See, so 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 God knew this. He want the process. The, this. And, and this is the deep part. The deep part is the lessons that you have to learn. They are not they are not uh, meant to be long. They're meant to be meant to be short. That's why you really have to go to God and say you exercise faith fully. You just exercise faith for what you want, and then the Lord will start driving you in that direction by having you do certain things, right. sowing here, doing this, and it'll be strange things. Okay, but they—the promised land was for them, and it was supposed to be an eleven-day journey. Right. An eleven-day journey took forty years because they never learned the lessons to be able to maintain, and the main lesson that they had to learn was. They needed to learn how to trust God and not complain. That was the main lesson. And what was supposed to be going from slavery to billionaire status in 11 days took 40 years. So where you are, what you are asking for might require you to go back to school. Okay. This is also the reasons why some businesses and ministries, it's better for them to start slow than fast. See, let me say this. As a ministry, I cooperated with God and let it go at the pace he wants it to go. There are some things that I could have done to make it move faster. And but what happens is there's a reason why a lot. Most churches that move fast in the beginning that you 100 percent, they back off on the end because God says, OK, we got to stop your growth right now because you didn't learn the lessons in the beginning. OK, it's the ones that move very slow in the first four or five years. Those are the ones who dominate and keep on going on the end. Now I'm going to share something with you that might make some of you uncomfortable. This is a lesson. I'm very transparent. Years ago. I know this is very transparent. Years ago, I shouldn't say I attempted years ago. I devised a plan to win the lottery. You're like, what type of plan is this, Jesus? I'll show you how powerful this is. Uh, The scripture says all things are possible to them that believe. So I believed that scripture. So I began to set my faith, etc. I'm not going to tell you what I did and how I did it. Something mysterious happened. I knew it was going to happen. It's a valuable lesson right here. It got to a point where the Lord visited me. Excuse me, that went out. The Lord visited me and he said, Now watch the language. I need you to back off of this. Because if I give this to you, there will be lessons that you will never learn concerning getting to the end of your destiny. As soon as they came and visited me, I backed off. Left it alone like I had never started it. Okay? And so, now guess what? I want you to listen to the Lord's language. I need you to back off, not me. Because you have locked in. So we are requesting that you stop. Because if you don't, we have to do it. But if we do it, there are things that will mess you up and there are lessons you won't learn. So we're requesting that you back off. So I back off. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like, Lord, I'm so glad to be a member of this church. I don't know what to do. Amen. See, this is the type of stuff. See, and so this is how powerful faith is. When they said all things are possible to them that believe. So if you lock your belief in on something, Watch this. If you lock your belief in on a million dollar house and you refuse to let go, they will give it to you, even though it destroys you, because they cannot bypass a person's faith. If that person locks in, they have to. They cannot operate in an illegal fashion. God is breaking the law if you are 100 percent in faith and you won't let go and he doesn't give it to you. This faith is a very dangerous thing. That's what that woman in Matthew 15. She told the Lord, I need you to heal my demon possessed daughter. He told her no three times. He said, it's not the time for that. She wouldn't let go. Jesus last statement was. You are a woman of great faith. Be it unto thee as you desired. Not we desired. You desired. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 18. This is good already, isn't it? I know that lottery is going to scare. A whole. What? Um, see this is the relationship between god and his sons they are kings and they have full authority to decree and declare and believe things in planet earth it says the earth has been given to the sons of god okay and you can lock in on something and if you lock in on it and you won't let go like a pit bull then they may have to come to you and request that you back off and i mean I i will never forget that as long as i live It was it was them asking me, we need you to back off of this. And it was my choice. Now, if I had not watch this, if I had operated in the love of money. I would have got it and I can pretty much bet you I wouldn't be standing here right now. I can guarantee you that you can say all the way. Oh, I serve the Lord forever. I obey God. No, you won't. No, you won't. (laughs) Now, when you got money, you got see a lot of people obey God because they don't have a choice to. When you have a choice, it becomes real easy to disobey God. So there's some lessons that you have to learn about obeying God. And this, because watch this. God gave one man and one woman, the whole planet, and they couldn't leave one tree alone. That one thing. They gave them. Full. That's why God doesn't give men full prosperity up front. He said, we tried that already. We gave the man the most beautiful woman. We gave the man authority. The man did not have to work. He could speak, make things come to pass. We gave him the whole planet. This man did not even know how to comprehend sickness, disease, fear, poverty, lack, destruction, murder. He couldn't even comprehend that. The Bible makes it clear that Adam only knew good and not evil. Yet in that state of full prosperity, full wisdom, full prosperity full everything, we gave a man full prosperity and he couldn't leave one tree alone. So from now on, we'll test men in stages. Well, if you obey me on stage one, then we'll bump you up to stage two. And then we're going to let you stay on stage two for a while and then bump up to level three. Now, watch this. You can jump levels, but it's all based on obedience. Okay, so he took them the long route, but he desired to take them the short route. But he took them the long route because he knew they couldn't handle the short route. So the long route was for the purpose of preparing them to get what he wanted them to get on the short route. So it only takes you long to the degree that you don't learn. Deuteronomy 8 1 through 18. So this is at now, watch this. This was God's intent 40 years prior. It took these people 40 years. And as a matter of fact, it said the whole generation died out. Just the kids went in because they wouldn't learn. Every generation is called to erase the mistakes of the previous generation. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 8. So this is 40 years later after he took them the roundabout way. And now he had taken the roundabout way so long as 40 years. Now they're ready to go in and listen to what he says. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord, your God, led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you. So he needed them to learn that testing you to prove your character. we got to send you through some things because what we got for you, if your character ain't right, you're going to lose your mind. And to find out whether or not you would obey his commands, because if, if you can't obey with the small stuff, you're sheffling. Sure enough, i going to obey when you live in a million dollar house. Verse three. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you supernaturally with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people don't live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet did not blister or swell. Stop right there. there. (laughs) Now, these people were disobedient for 40 years, but God was still doing miracles for them in their disobedience. And if you live off of miracles for a long time, you'll think that that's God's standard when actually that's his substandard. And this is the crazy thing. God will be doing stuff for you and you don't even know it. How many know somebody it takes a long time because it takes a long time to realize that your clothes are not wearing out. So what was going on behind the scene where they're, they're in full disobedience for 40 years and God is making sure that their bodies don't wear out. And he's making sure that their clothes don't wear out. But you can't tell. But it's there. It's something on you. It's a force field. It's a light. It's a it's a power that's on the people of disobedience. All during this time, who Jesus? Let me go on back over here. Verse five. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water. Listen to the prosperity, a good land. Now, remember, back then, it's a little bit different because it's agricultural. OK, so they didn't have a money system that we had, but it's purpose and it never changes. For the Lord God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and the hills. It is a land of wheat and barley of grapevines and fig trees and pomegranates and olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is as abundant and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your field, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in. God ain't speaking to two people. He's speaking to over two million, three million people. It was the same standard for all three million people. I want you to think about this. This is the same standard. Wasn't no lower class, middle class, upper middle class, rich, and then ridiculous rich, Uh and then Saudi Arabia rich. Well, there's no category for that. The same statement for prosperity was given to all three million people for those that think that only God wants a few to prosper. okay, verse 13. And when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. (laughs) So I read it like that. Put emphasis. Be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock in our day. He would say, look, you've been through some stuff. But I came through and paid the cable bill. I came through and, and caused you not lose your house. I came through and somebody blessed you with the car repairs and I came through and, and paid the electric bill. You know what I'm saying? I was the one who was behind when they start passing out pink slips, mysteriously it didn't land on your table. When you that's the wilderness season, how many know that's the wilderness? Amen. He gave you water from the rocks, supernatural. How many know water does not come out of rocks? How many know you can't squeeze a rock and turn it into water? Verse 16, he fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. In other words, I told Abraham that I was going to make all of his children wealthy. Therefore, I must give you power to become that so I have not broken my word with Abraham. That's what he meant by that statement. Okay. Luke 14, 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, this is the fool who started a building and couldn't afford to finish it. OK, so so God takes these things into account. That's why I usually encourage people uh, to 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 start with. Getting out. Look, start with this. If you get, need to get out of debt, see, there are lessons that you learn. If you need to get out of debt, start with focusing on all your faith and getting out of debt. And the lessons that you learn by following God, getting out of debt will then be the lessons you can learn to get to gazillionaire status. And, and let me say this. The one thing that they say is not debt is the biggest debt of all, your mortgage. If, you, if, you, if you're living with somebody else, exercise faith to get into an apartment. If you're in an apartment and you want a house, exercise faith to get into a house. If you got a house, you got a note, exercise faith to get it paid off. If you need another car, okay, exercise faith for another car. I ain't saying you got to get, just get a Hyundai. You know, nothing wrong with a Hyundai. I shouldn't have said that. Actually, Hyundai and Kia. is How many of you don't know this? They, they bringing it. They, Hyundai. They just saw a commercial with that Hyundai yesterday. I'm thinking of the old. Y'all, How many remember the old Hyundais? That's where I am. The old Hyundais, you were not proud to be driving this thing. Today, you, you can get the, you get the right Hyundai and the right Kia. You can put it right up next to a Mercedes-Benz. What's up? Okay. The point I'm making is it's okay for you to stretch a little bit. What I'm saying is is that you do it. You have to count. Cal- I'll never forget years ago. Lady right down front, she told me, I'm exercising faith for a, uh, I can't remember what she called it. And I thought when she called it that, I thought it was a car. I was like, oh, for real, I haven't heard about that car. She said, no, that's a Learjet. (laughs) And I was thinking, like, but you don't have no reason to fly a jet like that. (laughs) See, that's what the scripture means when it says consuming stuff upon your lust. (laughs) You don't have no reason for no jet. You ain't going nowhere now. Okay. Don't get no, kill. See again. This is a person that's just thinking about a jet. What they don't know is, depending on where you go, you might have to spend five to ten thousand dollars for the fuel. Do y'all realize what the insurance on a jet is? Okay. And watch this. And, and how many know? You got to put this thing someplace. You can't keep it in your driveway. Okay. And this is the other thing. See, when it comes to your car and your house, they allow you. To determine when you're supposed to do look they tell you to change the oil every certain such such miles but if you don't change it they'll let you keep on driving not so when it comes to a jet when it comes to planes you have to do maintenance on a regular basis that's very expensive and if you don't do one of them well you're gonna be on the ground you're not going nowhere right, right. see so so this is what i mean by by when we get over into this foolish thinking because we haven't learned the lessons. They are, when, you, when you just follow the pattern of getting out of debt or moving to the next level, the lessons you learn there will cause you to put yourself in a position where, okay, I don't need to be asking things I'm not ready for. I don't need to be asking things that, that I don't need. I told you about this couple. you know, They're multimillionaires. We know them. And they shared that. You know, they were, I've shared this story before. They were at home. Ding dong. Bell rang. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ding, dong, bell rang. It was the next door neighbor. Now, they live in a very affluent neighborhood. These are like 10, 15 million dollar homes, literally. And so ding, dong, bell rang. It was the next door neighbor. Can I come inside? Sure. And he knew that they were Christians. and They went around speaking to different churches and stuff. He said, "Uh, I just had a strange experience. Could y'all explain this? Because y'all are Christians. That was his way of saying uh, somebody who claimed to be in your camp is crazy and they just came to my house. I need you to explain this. A couple pulled up in front of his house with an old car. Smoking. Not a cigarette. The car was smoking. I'm not saying the car was smoking a cigarette. I'm saying the car was smoking. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm like, huh? And, and they hit the door. He opened the door. Can I help you? Yes. The Lord told us that you're supposed to give us your house. <laughs> now he's looking at what they pulled up in. Now, now I went, this is, this is why the man went next door and talked to them. He could not fathom how He had went to school. He had failed. He had worked hard. He had learned lessons. And he had built his status up over a period of time, being diligent and and all those things. And now he was enjoying that. He could not figure out for the life of him what would possess a person to think that now he was supposed to just give this to them. And they couldn't even afford the taxes. So so. And so, so he went over there, so they had to explain to him that, you know, in the best way he can, that's the time to explain, well, you know, most Christians are crazy, you know, even though they love God and the people get besides themselves. And they said the next week he had a whole gate around his house. He <laughs> <laughs> won't be no dinging of the bell this time. Okay. <laughs> hey. So God takes you step by step. That's why you must be in it for the long haul and you need a vision board. God is very much into writing things down. Unfortunately, sometimes God may not take you serious if you don't write it down. Habakkuk. or some of y'all have a kook. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. The Lord answered me and said, record the vision and inscribe it on Tablets that the one who reads it may run in that direction for the vision is yet for the appointed time it hastens toward the goal and it will not fail though it tarries wait for it for it will certainly come it will not delay in other words whatever you set, you write this down get a picture board get a vision board and we will actually start driving you in that direction but when we start driving you in that direction you may not be able to interpret and understand the things and the decisions that we would have you make in order to be driven in that direction. See? So watch this. You put a, watch this. You put all the stuff on a vision board. Oh, I'm about to get in shape. Oh, I'm about to get a house. Oh, I'm about to get this car. It should be the house that you want and the price range you want. You should give a description of the house. I'm living in, we are living in the description that we put down. I didn't put down no 10-bedroom ten, ten house because I didn't want no 10-bedroom ten, ten house. I put down a five bedroom house, two or three garages. That was the only option, two or three garages with a full basement uh, and a cul de sac. The Lord did better than the cul de sac. He gave me a little mini park right in front of the house. So, what we have on paper and what was in my heart, but the Lord began to drive me toward that when we had to leave the house we rented at and had to move into an apartment. And the Lord told me, Don't look for a house for a year. But I got a vision board. Don't look for a house for a year. That's Him. See, the instructions are strange. You create a vision board. board, Okay. Um, I need you to call your aunt and forgive her. See, it's it's those things. Before I started this church, the Lord said, I need you to write your father a letter and apologize for misjudging him. After I wrote the letter, the Lord showed me something that proved that I was going to make it to the end. Just off of that one thing. See, that was humbling myself. See, but if I give you a million dollars, you don't think you need to call your daddy about nothing. Because now you got this attitude. See, I made it without you. This is all the stuff that the Lord looks at. And so when you're seeking God about this, he's like, we can get y'all anything over. N- I can get you a spaceship to sit in your backyard just for decoration. We ain't going nowhere. We just going to get in the kids and pretend like we're going to outer space. God will do that type of stuff. But 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 if you write that vision, I mean, I want you to think about this. You're here, but your vision is back there. And the moment you write it down and start exercising the faith for what you want, God then starts a process to drive you there quickly. He said that vision will not hasten. He said we will hasten you toward that goal. It means to, hasten means to hurry. It mean, you wrote that sucker down. Let's get to work. Angels, Boom, let's hurry them to that goal. But it comes with instructions and the instructions from God are not normal. They are super normal. They're not natural. They are supernatural. Okay, they're not they're not ordinary. They're super ordinary. They're beyond intellect. God does not care about the worldly system. He does not care about credit. He does not care about all of these standards that they got and credit scores and and FICA scores. And he don't care not about that type of stuff. When he gets to move and he bypasses all that stuff. That's why the instructions are strange, because you think God is getting ready to tell you to do something that you learned in school. And God don't care nothing about your school because they ain't teaching nothing that he would teach if he was the headmaster of that school. So that's why it says in Scripture, all those scriptures, we're going to read those at the end, about people who sought the Lord. They kept on prospering. King Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, God continually prospered him because he kept seeking the Lord. What's the next instruction? What's the next instruction? What What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And, and guess what? That requires commitment. Yes. That requires relationship. Yes. That requires you to turn off the TV and say, I'm working on something right now. Yes, yes. I ain't got time to be talking about what Susie Q did on the other side of the Batman cave and all that type of stuff. And, and did you see such a, such such down the street? No, because I was working on something. Yes. I ain't got time to go to the party. I ain't got time to do this. I ain't got time to go with you. I ain't got time to go out to eat. I don't have time right. to right. hang out with your little raggedy behind. People always want you to hang out with them over some dumb stuff. They ain't doing nothing. They want, they, do, they want you to join. They do nothing. Club. Bunch of club of do nothings where they talk about doing nothing. That's why they don't do nothing. Okay. So y'all got that. So that's teaching one. So, so understand that you have a right to everything and got to do it quickly. But if you're not careful You will think that the Lord is not with you and you'll get frustrated because God does it. God does it quickly, according to your cooperation. So you and and because the Lord's the Lord's uh, instructions can be so strange, he will do you. He'll give you instructions that are way out the norm. It will never make sense. folks. that's the one thing you got to be prepared for. Whatever the Lord tells me, it is not going to make sense. And in many a cases, it's getting ready to look like you're going to lose. He'll give you instructions to make you gonna seem like you're going to lose. Okay. This is a cutting back principle. Some people that work in the yard, they know about the rosebush principle. How you got to cut the rosebush back and then it grows stronger. Okay. And I mean, we're going I want to give testimonies, but we're going to have to actually take, do y'all realize we have to actually take, what I got so far, we're going to have to take two weeks just for testimonies. The testimonies are going to give you more revelation than the teachings. Because you can teach this stuff and, and you see it in scripture, but when the people, these are not my testimonies, these are people in the audience. So when you hear the testimonies and you see what God does, how he does it and how he does it so strange, and how what does this over here got to do with that over there? Everything. You don't have the ability to trace stuff. And when you see how far God is willing to go, I mean, I've been sharing a couple of testimonies, a couple of people and they started crying because they couldn't believe the Lord would do something like that. That there is... There, there is no barrier. There's no limit. There is no nothing makes God nervous. I mean, I'm never mind. Let me just get on back over here. Okay, so you know, and I look. One of the things some of y'all need to do is you need to get people out of your life that's not lining up with your agenda. Okay, let me tell you something. One thing I learned a long time ago, you know what most Christians do? I'm taking my time today. You know, I've been kind of preaching fire, but I'm taking my time. The fire might come back, though, before this over. You know what most people do? Is they see? See, this is what this is what I never did. Is is God says you can have the ceiling, but somebody else said, well, no, he don't want you to have that. He just wants you to have a chair. But just because somebody else says that this is where God stopped doesn't mean that that's where God stopped. Just because somebody else says that this is the ceiling doesn't mean that God even sees the ceiling. Just because somebody else says that this is too much doesn't mean that God agrees with them. Y'all keep thinking that because some other religious person says something that God agrees with them. Now we'll forget my wife joined this church down here in the South and this guy, I didn't know this guy was watching my wife for three months. And uh, he finally said, hey, man, he came over to the house. He said, man, I got to talk to y'all. And I'm um, putting my charger in. My iPad is going down. I do not need this to die in the middle of the sermon. That would be the devil. No, it would be you. <laughs> <laughs> and So I have to be wired. showing. I don't care about no cameras. Be showing them on camera. That keeps stuff real. And uh, so apparently what happened was is that he saw us coming to church. And when he saw my wife with the six kids, he said he said he literally said this, ooh, I know she is a miserable woman. You know, because of the typical, you know, you see how you go out here on the street and and you know, and these girls are looking crazy sometimes. And so, ooh, she's a miserable woman. He said after a few weeks, this is what he said. This is what he told me. Sitting right at our kitchen table eating our food. He said after a few weeks I was like, man, this girl sure knows how to put up a good front. She coming in the door smiling all the time. You know, in and, and, and the world's mind, because of how they operate, anyone worried you're supposed to have six kids and be smiling. You're supposed to be depressed. Down and out. Run amok. Run asunder. Deep down. Three downs level to the ground. Oh, all that type of stuff. So poor the poor people think you're poor. All that. And so, so he said after three months of watching her come in the door every day, he said, I need to talk to these people. This ain't no pretend. Something else is going on. I never forget what he said at the kitchen table He asked me. He said, Can I ask you a question? I said, Yes. He said, no disrespect to our church. He said, but you and your wife seem like y'all live on a different dimension. Mm. He said it's like a bubble. He said, I'm looking at the church people, but I look at y'all. And he said, it's it's like what's being taught and what's being said, what's being shared, it doesn't affect it's like y'all living. I said, oh, that's a simple answer. I said, that don't take, I do have to pull out no scripture. I said, simple. I come to church, listen to everything the preacher said, throw it right out in the trash and go home and read the Bible and get the mama results for myself. He looked at me like and I was crazy. I said, because most of these guys, okay, they're not teaching the level that God wants them to teach. And I said, and I've been on that. They keep telling me about these limits that God didn't put in his word. They keep telling me what I can't have and, and what God won't do. You ain't, you ain't going to tell. Look, unless it come to sin, you're not about to tell oath of about what God won't do. Because some of the stuff that God did in scripture is insane. The stuff they telling you that God won't do. He did a hundred times more than that in the Bible for folk that don't have the covenant that we have. Quit listening to these people tell you what God will and will not do. He would never go that far. I mean, I, 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 little stuff. I saw a quote on Facebook. I don't even want to put it on there. Why would God heal you if you haven't eaten right. Huh? Uh, because God does not heal people based on eating right. right. The Bible I read said he heals people by what? Faith. But see, but guess what? Our God will stand up in the pulpit and say that and almost the whole audience will believe that. And then won't tap into faith for the healing because they condemn about the ribs that they've been eating for the last six years. Not me. I didn't all type of stuff. You shouldn't eat shrimp because it's a scavenger. Like chickens are sitting up there just eating perfect vegetables all day long. I mean, they just keep coming up. Now, if you don't want to eat shrimp, that's on you. I'm going to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. Now, there's a natural side of that when you're trying to get results and we should be healthy and all that type of stuff. The point that I'm making and Scripture makes it clear. It said, you know what? I'm going to give my own phrase. It said, let the vegetarians and the meat eaters leave each other alone. It said God has received both of them. So if you don't want to eat ribs, wonderful. But from time to time, it's this dude. If you all ever see this dude with a grill right here across the parking lot. I got that dude. That's my wife. I got that dude's number in my cell phone. (laughs) Author was with me. Other was was knocked out. He was really tired. He had to do something the previous day before school. He was asleep. I pulled across the parking lot. He woke up. (laughs) What is that smell in my nostrils? And I I kept seeing that guy. I said, I'm about to test this guy out. And He made the mistake. This guy, he lets you taste it first. Anytime they let you taste it first, just go ahead and buy it. Just go ahead. Because they they know, oh, yeah, I'm going to pull you in, brother. This is the apple off the tree right here. He got me. I went over there to try a sandwich, came home with two slabs. <laughs> my wife was like, why did you spend this money on two slabs? I said, taste this. She said, oh, oh, okay, I understand now. I understand now. So now somebody else get upset. Wonderful. If you don't believe in eating pork, we don't eat pork most of the time. We just eat it every once in a while. But it doesn't matter if I did want to eat it every once all the time. Now it may not be good for my blood vessels and my cholesterol, and it might slow you down and... And but notice God didn't have a problem with that. Okay. See, so so what I'm saying is, is that where most of us are when it comes to this financial meter is what the right reverend and your grandmother told you God's limit was. You got to be careful, baby. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Don't remember the scripture. God said, be careful. He said, be careful, but I gonna still give it to you. They tell you, be careful. Therefore, don't chase after it. See the difference? God says, be careful. How many know? No matter what you're doing, you got to be careful. Right, right. You got to be careful going to a restaurant. You got to be careful driving in Atlanta. You got to be careful where you go. You got to show enough be careful when you're going to Walmart parking lot. You got to be careful. You got to be careful walking your dog. You got to be careful riding your bike. You got to be careful what you say to people on the job. When you're working, you got to be careful. But it's interesting. We're still supposed to do all of that stuff just being careful. That's why God says, You're supposed to be rich. Just be careful. Right. <laughs> and they keep saying, It's not for everybody. Well, not according to the Bible. He told three million, 3 million uh, Jews, Y'all are getting ready to prosper. All of you. Therefore, all of you be careful, because when all of you are multiplying in silver and gold and all of you are operating in good, fine houses and all of you are walking in all of this excess and all of this prosperity, all of you be careful. I'm one of them all of That's how Martin says it. All of you is get out.